The Lone Ranger. with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Before this exciting adventure, a word from our sponsor. Times sure have changed. Time was when people saved cookouts and picnics for summer, and lazy Sundays spent under a big oak tree in the town park. Well, today's family eating habits are much more flexible. Mom might have forgotten how easy it is to fix a cook-in for lunch, maybe with hot dogs and baked beans, or a casual dinner with cheeseburgers, soup, and salad. And as you're planning your easy-going meals, don't forget to invite Marita, as in Marita hot dog and hamburger buns. Remember, Marita? We're the people who bake while you sleep. That's the only way Marita can promise you'll find the freshest rolls and bread and cakes the very next day on your grocer's shelf. But remember, we bake our famous hot dog and hamburger rolls all year long. So relax a little. Plan quick and easy meals your family will love. And don't forget Marita. Marita enriched hot dog and hamburger rolls. We're not just a summertime thing. his faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful mask rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. I'll sing Roscoe Marsh and Frank Rice, professors of astronomy, adjusted a powerful telescope on the summit of a hill. The men on leave from an eastern university we're seeking a site for an observatory. Professor Marsh said, We'll make a final check on the haze that rises from the gorge between here and Mount Messiah. Mm. Are you focusing on that old cabin on the side of Messiah? Yes. <laughs> well, the old man who lives there has visitors. <laughs> That's unusual. It's the first time we've seen anyone in this area except the old man. There's two horses are standing there. Frank. When the man has a gun, he shot the old man. Shot him. Now the two are dragging the old man into the cabin. Here, you watch and describe the men when they come out. I'll have my notebook ready to write down what you say. While Professor Rice kept his eye to the telescope, his associate looked at his watch, noted the time in a notebook, then wrote the dictated description of the two gunmen. Now one of the men is opening a box, taking out papers, unfolding them. Oh, uh, going too fast for you? No, no, I'm, I'm getting it. Wait, Roscoe. Smoke's coming from a window. They've set fire to the cabin. With the old man still inside? Yes. Frank, someone's coming. What? There. 
Look, a masked man. And an Indian. Don't be alarmed. Don't shoot us. We're unarmed. Easy, 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 fella. You've nothing to fear. We're friends. But that mask... It serves a purpose, but it's not the purpose of an outlaw. We saw your telescope from the valley and came here because we're interested. Well, uh, who are you? I'm Professor Rice, and my colleague's name is Marsh. Roscoe Marsh. He, too, is a professor of astronomy. You were viewing something through the telescope. You seemed excited. We saw, too. Yes? He smoke on side of Mount Messiah. The cabin there is on fire. That must be Jeremiah Colby's cabin. It's the only cabin on the mountain. Do you mind if I look through your telescope? No. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I've heard of Colby. He's known as the hermit of Mount Messiah. Do you see the cabin? Yes. Flames are beginning to break through the roof. Do you see the murderer? Murderers? What murderers? Two men who shot the, the hermit. I don't see anyone. I saw them shoot the old man, drag him inside. Uh, Frank, uh, Professor Rice, saw the same men come out with a small box. They opened it and looked at papers. Then I saw smoke coming from a window. That's when you arrived, you and the Indian. You mean hermit inside burning cabin? He must be. The cabin will burn to the ground long before we can reach it. We're helpless. Yes, that's how we felt when the murder was committed. Even if we'd had guns, we couldn't have helped the poor old man. No gun would shoot that far. Toto, you watch the cabin through the telescope. Uh Uh-huh. Can you professors describe the gunman? Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Uh, we've made notes. Here they are. We've been trained to make accurate observations. Professor Marsh and I have often witnessed and reported the destruction of stars and planets in outer space. The description should help bring the gunman to justice. Are you really interested in seeing criminals brought to justice? Yes, Professor Roscoe. Someday you may learn that I'm on the side of the law. Strange. It's your duty to report what you saw to the sheriff in Redville. I agree. Well, here are your notes. The sheriff will want them. We'll start packing our gear at once. Uh, what are you and the Indian going to do? We'll ride to the cabin and try to find the gunman's trail. But there's an impassable gorge between this hill and Mount Messiah. The Indians once showed us a secret way across the gorge. Kimasabi. Yes, Toto. I'm not dead. What? Good. Him Good. crawling out of cabin on hands and knees. Looked like him hurt bad. But he's alive. Uh-uh. Now, him far enough, so fire not reach him. Now, there's a reason for us to go there in a hurry. Will you men remain near Redville? We'll camp south of town, just inside the big woods. Good. We'll be around as long as there's any chance that we might help in the capture and punishment of those gunmen. Then we may meet again. Come on, Toto. Uh-huh. Easy, steady, fellow. Easy, fellow. Lone Ranger and Toto rode hard to an isolated place where they crossed the gorge on a natural bridge made by a peculiar rock formation, then hurried up the side of Mount Messiah. They drew rein and dismounted near the old hermit, who lay face down on the ground a short distance in front of the smoking ruins of his cabin. He's dead. I don't know how he lived long enough to crawl out of the cabin. Ah. And what we do? You wrap the body in a blanket and take it into the sheriff in Redville, Tonto. I'll follow the tracks of the men who shot the hermit. Ah. I'll meet you in the professor's camp south of town. Easy, steady, big fellow. Come on, It was after dark that evening when the two astronomers entered the sheriff's office in Redville. The man seated in the sheriff's chair said... Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Are you the sheriff? The sheriff and his deputy had to take some prisoners to the state pen. The jail being empty, the sheriff left me in charge of the office. Oh, then you're not a real lawman. Yeah, no real enough to take complaints. I'm a special deputy, likewise a lawyer. Hamilton Mead's name. Uh, Mr. Mead, we're astronomers. I'm Frank Rice. 
And this is Roscoe Marsh. Glad to know you, gentlemen. What's wrong? We want to report a crime. Yeah, go ahead. I'll take your report and refer it to the sheriff when he returns. Without mentioning the Lone Ranger and Toto, Professor Rice told of the work he and his associate were doing and reported what they had seen through the telescope. Then Professor Marsh handed over his notes. Hamilton Meade read them, then said, If what you gentlemen say is true, you'd better catch the next train east. Uh, why? You're in danger, and you're not armed. We don't own guns. All the more reason for you to leave here. Those gunmen will surely try to kill the witnesses to their crime. They can't possibly know we saw them. We'll stay and testify against them. Well, uh, you wouldn't be allowed to testify regarding anything seen through a telescope or binoculars. It isn't admissible as evidence here. <laughs> a stupid ruling. Gentlemen, you've done all you can by giving me a description of the crooks. I advise you to go back east. No, Mr. Mead, we'll hold ourselves available. Please tell the sheriff we'll be camped in the woods south of town. He'll find us there if and when he needs us. Very well. You've been warned. Yes. Come on, Roscoe. For a short time after the professors left, the man at the sheriff's desk sat frowning at the paper bearing the description of the crooks. Then he crumpled it and struck a match. He set fire to the paper and watched it burn in an ashtray, then crushed the ashes. A few minutes later, Hamilton Meade heard a rap on the door. He crossed the room, opened the door, and saw an Indian lifting a heavy blanket-wrapped figure from the back of a paint horse. What, uh, what goes on? Me bring dead man. Me carry him inside. A dead man? Ah. Him, Jeremiah Colby. Oh, hold on. That's the coroner's business. And it business of sheriff. Old man murdered. Murdered? Uh, him shot. Put him on that card. Uh. Did, uh, did you kill him? No. Me, me not know who kill him. Me find him outside burn cabin. So that's your story, huh? Well, I think you killed him. Why you think... <laughs> You're covered. Put your hands up. But you... Don't reach for your gun. You not regular, Sheriff. Nevertheless, I'm arresting you. Stand still while I take your gun. No, you not. Moving with lightning speed, Tonto grasped the wrist of the special deputy and turned the gun. If you pull trigger now... You suit yourself. I'll kill you. We'll continue our Lone Ranger adventure in just a moment. Hello there. I'd like to just take a minute to talk to you about Marita Brown and Serve Rolls. As you know, Marita means all that's fresh and good that goes into and comes out of your oven. And Marita Brown and Serve Rolls are the ones that bake to a flaky golden brown in just six minutes. There are 12 delicious Marita Brown and Serve Rolls in every package. And if you don't use them all right away, that's all right, too. Marita guarantees freshness for several days after you buy them. Of course, in your freezer, they'll last indefinitely. But don't wait for company to have Marita Brown and Serves. 
your family would love to have a basket of fresh, steaming hot rolls with breakfast, or lunch, or dinner. It'll mean you care. And what a delicious way to show your love. After all, your family deserves the best. They deserve Merida. Merida Brown and Serve Rolls. to continue. While Hamilton Meade, special deputy, and Tonto struggled for possession of the gun, two men entered the office. Hey, you right here, boys. Hang on, Ham. This clubbing with you got right? Uh, that should hold the red skin for a few minutes. Yeah, thanks, boys. Close the door. What happened here, Ham? Hey, what's that on the couch? Looks like a body. Yes, it is, Hoke. It's the body of Jeremiah Colby. What? Oh, it can't be. I'll take a look. Holy and I shot, Kobe. Then burn him up inside a shack, just as you told us. This is the hermit, all right, Hulk. The Indian found him dead outside his shack. That means we'll have to call his death a murder instead of an accident. Why were you and the redskin fight? I was trying to arrest him for the murder. Someone's got to hang for it. Well, take his gun and drag him into the cell before he regains consciousness. Right. Give me a hand, Polly. Sure. I hoped you two could steal the old man's bonds and arrange it so as his death would look like an accident. Did we leave this red skin here on the floor of the cell? Yeah. Um, uh, give me his gun. Sure. Here. Thanks. Uh, close and lock the door. When the sheriff returns, I'll charge the Indian with Colby's murder. Good. Shouldn't be hard to frame an Indian for murder. Hoke and I'll swear we saw him do it. Did you get Kobe's bonds? Yeah, there's $10,000 worth. Yeah. We took them out of the old man's tin box. Here. Here they are. Kobe's name's on them. In ink. I'll take that off with chemicals. Ham, you're putting them in your pocket. You two will get your share after I've cashed them. Now we'd better. Meanwhile, you have another job to do. Yeah? What's that? Get rid of the two men who saw you kill Colby. No one saw us. We made sure there was no one near his shack on Mount Messiah. A couple of astronomers saw you through a telescope on Bald Hill. What? They gave me written descriptions of you both. I burned the descriptions, but that won't keep them from telling the sheriff what they saw when he returns. When's he due back in town? He may be in on tonight's train. And we gotta work fast. I tried to scare those witnesses out of town, but they didn't scare so now it's up to you. Where are they? They're camped in the woods, south of town. We'll go and shoot them. Not near town. We don't want any more bodies around. What's your suggestion, Ham? Capture them. Take them into the mountains and drop them down an old mine shaft. They don't have guns, so you shouldn't have trouble with them. Now get going. <laughs> Later that evening, the two scientists were seated beside their campfire in the woods. As Professor Marsh leaned forward to stir the blazing wood, the killers appeared. Are you two? Hush your hands. Why, Why, you... You're the man who shot the hermit. So you do recognize us. I'd know you anywhere. What are you going to do? Are you going to shoot us? Not if you do as we tell you. Now, mount your horses. You're going for a ride to the mountains. Up those guns. He's masked. Up to my head. I'll get you. (laughs) 
struck in the arm by the Lone Ranger's bullet, Poli fired wildly as he staggered and fell. At that instant, Hulk, who had dropped his gun, leaped behind the two astronomers, then disappeared beyond brushwood, bordering the camp. He's escaping. You're in my line of fire. Move, Frank. Uh, too late. He's out of sight. It's dark in the woods. Here, take the wounded man's gun. At least we have one of the murderers. Murderers? The men who came here are the ones who killed the hermit. We'll get the other later. Will you pick up his gun? It's right there. Yes, yes. I have it. You better keep close watch while I examine this crook's arm. The man who escaped might have another gun in return. I'll watch for him. My shoulder's killing me. It's not that bad. Lie still while I cut away your sleeve. Here's our kit of medical supplies. Oh, thanks. How did you happen to come here? I followed the killer's tracks from the hermit's cabin until it became too dark to see the trail. Easy, easy. All right. And I came directly here without going through town. When I was near enough to see your fire, I saw the men holding guns on you. So I left Silver a little distance away and moved in. So, has Otto been here? No, but I'm mighty glad you came. I'm sure those crooks meant to murder us. Why? They knew we witnessed their crime. How did they know it? How do they know where to find you and Rice? I have no idea. You tell me, killer. Who are you to call me a killer? You're nothing but a mask out I'm not a crook. Well, I'm not talking. We told no one we witnessed the murder. Except the substitute sheriff. Substitute sheriff? Yes. The sheriff was out of town, and a special deputy named Hamilton Mead was taking his place. Did Mead send you here? I'm no squealer. I'm not talking. Very well, I'll find out for myself. Here, Silver. You gentlemen had better tie this crook's hands behind his back and bring him to the sheriff's office. I'll be there waiting for you. Easy, steady, big fellow. One, Silver! In the sheriff's office, Hamilton Meade sat at the desk glancing from time to time through the door of steel bars into the cell where the Indian prisoner paced back and forth. The coroner had removed the body of the hermit, and now Meade waited, hoping Poli and Hulk would report on their assignment before the sheriff returned. The door was opened suddenly. What you holding me? Mashed. Keep your hands on top of the desk. Put down that gun. Not until you're disarmed. Keep us coming. Toto, Meade, you have a lot to explain. Raise your hands to shoulder level and stand up slowly. Now take that gun. To be safer on the floor in the corner than in your pocket. You must be a henchman of the Indian murderer. Murderer? Kimasabi. Yes? When me bring body a hermit here, me say me kill him. What? Him say me under arrest. Me fight. Then two men come in, knock me out. Two men, huh? Them same ones described by astronomer. I suspected you were working with the killer's mead. Otto's story confirms it. Indeed. Yes, where are the keys to the cell door? Find them for yourself. Very well. Now start by looking in your pockets. Stand still and keep your hands high. Reaching into Mead's coat pocket to search for the key to the cell, the masked man drew out a packet of folded documents. A quick glance showed him the name written on the top one. Jeremiah Colby. Is this the motive for murdering the old man? Judge for yourself, mister. I'm not answering questions. Meade's confidence returned when he saw Hulk appear at the open door behind the masked man's back. 
Tonto also saw the killer and cried, He was coming behind you. I'll get you. The warning came too late. Charging from the door, Hope leaped on the masked man's back, reached over his shoulder, grabbed his gun hand, and pulled it overhead. Good work. Meade closed in to drive a smashing blow to the Lone Ranger's chin. But at that moment, the masked man flexed his knees, bent forward, and threw Hope over his head against Meade. Both outlaws fell to the floor, and as they tried to untangle, the Lone Ranger drew both guns and said, Now we'll have it out. No, wait, wait, don't shoot. Then stand close to the cell and keep your hands up. You too, Meade. Yes, yes, all right. I'm not going. Unlock the door. Hope, you fool. Why didn't you shoot him in the back? I lost my gun the last time I met him. The last time? The astronomer's camp. He wounded Foley. I just managed to escape. It was a long time getting out of the woods. Open that door, Meade. Now you're free, Toto. Uh, my gun here and desk. Me take it. You too. Go into the cell, blundering fools. Close and lock the door, Toto. No, wait. We have another prisoner. His name's Polly. Sheriff. Yep. As I got off the train, I met the professors with Polly as a prisoner. They told me the situation and said you were here. Good. Get into the cell, Polly. Uh, here's the key, Sheriff. I'll lock him in. Sheriff, I took some bonds from Meade's pocket. They're on your desk. Jeremiah Colby's name is on them. They're the motive for the murder. I had no hand in the murder. Well, you planned it, Meade. The whole thing was your idea. Polly and I didn't even know Colby had all those Civil War bonds. Polly's already made a statement, Meade. You're in as deep as the others. Sheriff, you've no further need of Tonto and me. <laughs> That's right. Now the law will take charge. You've done your part, and I'm mighty obliged to you. Come, Tonto. Uh-huh. Let me see all of you again. Hey, hey, you yes, Adios. Goodbye. 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 Well, Sheriff, that masked man and his friend have earned a substantial reward. <laughs> he wouldn't accept one, Professor. I know that for a fact, because I know who the masked man is. I knew as soon as you told me about him that he's the Lone Ranger. I'd like to read you something. The label on a loaf of Merida old-fashioned enriched white bread. And I quote, Enriched means that eight ounces of this bread supplies the following percentages of minimum daily requirement for these essential food substances. Thiamine, vitamin B1, 90%. Riboflavin, vitamin B2, 66%. Niacin, another B vitamin, 75%. Iron, 62.5%. Calcium, 20%. But that's just the outside story. What goes into Merida old-fashioned white bread is another story. A story of a rich old recipe. A recipe that produces an old-fashioned bread that's rounded at the top, with a crust that's golden brown, firm yet tender, moist, and very delicious. So when you buy Merida old-fashioned enriched white bread, read what's on it and remember what's in it. Listen to The Lone Ranger... Look, I'm ready to go now. I'll carry the valise for you. Thank you. Let's join Toto. Indians! Wait, keep out of the doorway. The Lone Ranger pushed Elsie Ganna to the side. Then he, too, ducked back from the door and drew his guns. He shouted to Toto. Toto! Toto! There was no reply from Toto, but the other Indians were coming closer. The Lone Ranger holstered one of his guns, reached quickly for the heavy door, and slammed it shut. He dropped the heavy bar into place. Then turned to face Elsie Gannett in the darkness of the dugout. I'll light a candle so we can see. Here's one on the table. There. Now, how much ammunition have you for that buffalo gun? There it is on the shelf. Only one box? That's all.
listen to The Lone Ranger, brought to you by special recording at this same time. copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated is produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Your announcer, Fred Foy. <laughs>